Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on a wonderful weekend in the great state of Texas. Speaking of Texas, you know, yesterday we celebrated a very important day. If you're big into Texas history, because we don't hear a lot about it these days, San Jacinto Day was yesterday. That was the day that Texas won its independence. Now, I know a lot about that day, one in particular, because I like to say that I grew up under the shadow of the San Jacinto Monument, which I believe is a little bit taller than the Washington Monument. But anyway, it's a monument that looks very much like the Washington Monument in D.C., but ours has a lone star at the top of it, as you might imagine. But that Battle of San Jacinto was just southeast of Houston, close to the area where I grew up. It's Deer Park, LaPorte area. And I lived in that area for a short period of time, but then predominantly grew up in the Galena Park area, which is right by the Houston Ship Channel. Anyway, you go through that area, you can see this tall monument uh, that's just glorious. But that a lot of people remember the Battle of the Alamo, and it gets a lot of attention, but we lost the Battle of the Alamo. We won in San Jacinto. Anyway, I'll talk more about that later because I love Texas history and know a lot about all that stuff. That was April 21st yesterday. A lot of stuff happened this week, and we're going to get into some great detail. But someone that's going to help us give us a kind of a national perspective of what these issues look like and what it looks like as far as what Texas is doing is my great friend Autumn Leva. She is the Director of Public Policy for the Family Policy Alliance. And so the Family Policy Alliance is the 501c4 organization, excuse me, a partner organization, a public policy organization um, that is a part of the family of groups of focus on the family. Texas Values is the state family policy council that's associated with focus on the family and family policy alliance. And you're talking about almost 40 state groups. And, and I don't mean just like within the state of Texas. What I mean is they, those are individual groups per an individual state. So our alliance, if you will, represents close to 40 states throughout the United States. So, and and what um, Family Policy Alliance does is help from a national perspective to get our message out. So Autumn is a licensed attorney. She was also the director of policy and communications at the Minnesota Family Policy Council, did some work in DC, and is a great friend. Autumn, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Well, Jonathan, thanks for having me, and we are so thankful for you and your team at Texas Values and all you're doing to protect and defend families there in Texas. It's a, it's a tall order, and we just appreciate you all so much. Well, it's great to be with you. It's great to have your support. Uh, I know there's a lot of things we do that y'all communicate at the national level, but also you engage with your supporters in Texas. Matter of fact, I was watching uh, a video earlier this morning of uh, one of your colleagues doing the stoplight report. I thought those are always great videos to see um, that Stuart's a part of. And so, but look, I, you know, to have a national perspective on how this looks. I mean, we're Texas is right in the middle of the legislative session. I know you've done family policy work at the state level. You've done some things there in Washington, D.C., so you, you can appreciate those um, federal and state dynamics. And so much of the issues, um, so many, excuse me, the issues we're working on are, you know, are in this dynamic. And there's no issue that really is getting more attention right now in the state of Texas than the privacy issue. Texas is involved, as you know, in passing a law that addresses the problems that we're seeing from the federal government and then some of these local governments trying to force men to be allowed into girls' bathrooms, shower rooms, locker rooms. We've seen these incidents in public schools. We've seen these incidents be in local 
policy and, excuse me, municipalities trying to pass these laws that have created all kinds of problems. We had a case that almost went up to the Supreme Court, but because the the Trump administration changed their position on some of these issues, that issue is not going to be heard by the U.S. Supreme Court. So there's no question that this issue is very active. Texas is trying to come up with a solution. One of those was SB6 that passed the Senate. Then there's this new law that's been pushed out there with a hearing this week, House Bill 2899. So a lot of activity in the state of Texas, but you're seeing this all across the country. Um, So let's let you jump in with a little bit of analysis of where you know where you see this issue going. What what um, you think the narrative and the arguments are out there that you think are resonating with people, and also if you think that uh, just from your perspective that Texas is certainly get a lot of attention on this issue right now. Yeah, absolutely, Jonathan. I think this is probably the number one social issue that's being talked about around the country. And I think because it took a lot of people by surprise, you know, your average your average family out there wasn't really expecting to have to deal with this, especially for their kids in places like schools where, you know, they send their kids off for a long day at school, expecting them to be safe, to be protected, that their privacy and dignity would be respected at those schools. Um, And so to find out that part of this new social agenda is to require schools uh, to allow boys in girls' locker rooms and showers and bathrooms and vulnerable places like that and vice versa um, is a real concern for a lot of a lot of parents. And it's taken people by surprise in state after state after state. Um, Certainly, I think Texas and North Carolina have been the two states that have been really uh, talked about and kind of at the, the height of the public debate about this. But um, in every state, their parents are facing this at their local school district level, especially after uh, President Obama issued his Title IX bathroom mandate, which essentially brought this issue to the national level because he was requiring schools to permit this sort of mixed bathroom policy, regardless of what, what kids or families were saying about their privacy and safety. Um, or, and if the schools didn't do this, then they would risk losing all of their federal funding, which is quite a big threat. Um, so that's when this really became a national issue and started getting a lot of attention around the country. Um, and as you, as you know, and as many of your, your listeners know, just this year recently, uh, President Trump essentially said that he would not follow President Obama's bathroom mandate and wouldn't threaten schools with this loss of federal funding with if they didn't allow boys and girls bathrooms and showers and things like that, which is great. It's a great first step. But what it, what the President Trump's order essentially did was say that states now really need to take the lead on this issue. And that's where I think uh, your state, your great state of Texas, came into play and starting with SB6, really working to try to protect privacy and safety, especially in schools, but also in, in other public buildings. I think um, that was the, that's the right call. That's the right thing to do. And I think Texas has a, a role of leadership on this for the nation. Well, you know, we're no strangers to trying to lead the nation or to be in a position where we're leading the nation. Texas has the 10th largest economy in the world. Do you know that, Autumn? <laughs> Most people don't I know that. Know. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. I didn't expect you to know that. That's always mean when people do that, right? <laughs> Did you know that? When they, no. But I'm just trying to make the point that I don't think a lot of people realize this. It's not a surpri- like a big surprise, right? But if you think about it, so Texas 
our economy is larger than Australia. It's larger than Russia. So pretty big numbers. And so so what goes along with that is the ability, if you will, the opportunity, the responsibility, a whole lot packaged in that to say that Texas can make a difference. But then a lot of times it'll go the flip. Like, so they'll be, they'll feel like this sense of responsibility and concern. Oh, well, you know, and so you have state legislators that are like, they know how big of a player Texas is, so they don't want to disrupt things in a way that's negative. So they know they've got a big responsibility. They don't want to make a big mistake. But, you know, it's interesting because, you know, we see California doing some things, right? They have passed this law that says they won't let their students travel to states that have laws that they claim are discriminatory. And so they've been targeting a little bit of that on on Texas. They haven't made that determination yet, but it's looming out there, right? But North Carolina, excuse me, the NCAA has announced this week that they're going to have numerous championships in the state of Texas from from 2019 all the way out to 2022. And I mean, there are several uh, cities. You got Dallas, you got Fort Worth, you've got Belton, which is just north of Texas, excuse me, Austin at the University of Mary Hardin Baylor. You got SMU's campus, Southern Methodist University, Texas Christian University, all these championships they've announced. So then you've got even the Dallas Cowboys organization signaling that they're okay or not as concerned about House Bill 2899 on this privacy issue. So we're seeing some movement in the direction of people getting more comfortable with this issue and realizing something's probably going to happen. And I, I think I shared this with you, Autumn, but now we've got the governor of our state who put a tweet out. And this is, I guess, the way he communicates. And I won't say I guess. I'm, I'm used to it now. Um, he will put a tweet out on a lot of policy issues that gets a lot of attention. So earlier this week, he tweeted out um, something related to this issue. And I was going to pull the actual tweet up here uh, on my screen. But but what he talked about in his tweet was that he he thinks that the House and the Senate have come up with uh, very interesting ideas on how to deal with this issue. And he says, we will work to get a bill to my desk. On this issue. So now you've got the governor of our state who holds a lot of sway. There's no doubt about where this issue is going to go. And people have been wondering, what's the governor going to do? Because he's signaled that he doesn't, he has concern on this issue, but he had yet to to say for certain that he was going to work on something. Now he's saying that he's working to get a bill on this issue to his desk. I think that's a pretty big development. I think that's great. It's a good, good sign, like you said. And I think. Um, especially, and I know you mentioned the NCAA and North Carolina, and you're exactly right, Jonathan. We we just found out the same as you that between 2019 and 2022, North Carolina now has nine Division One NCAA championships in that state, which is great. And um, as we know, liberals were pretty serious about that, which also tells us that um, you know some of the the very liberal activist groups don't hold as much way over the NCAA, as a lot of people would think, which I think is, is a very good sign. Um, and like you said, North Carolina, their economy is booming, even in the wake of all of this um, controversy that came out of that state after Charlotte City Council passed, uh, again, a bad bathroom ordinance, forcing, forcing entities to allow men into women's locker rooms and showers and things like that. Even after all of that, the state had to address it and work to protect privacy again. And people said that there, it would hurt the economy. Well, it hasn't. They're number two, they, Forbes listed them as number two 
um, for strong economies in the nation and uh, several other entities that measure that that type of economic uh, strength and development have rated North Carolina extremely highly, always in the top 10. I think uh, it, it goes to show that people have common sense and they want to see this issue. I think people want to see it go away, but they want to see it go away in, in the right way. They want to see privacy and safety protected. They want to see uh, bathrooms, locker rooms, and showers that are multiple occupancy facilities be maintained, by, separated by sex. It just makes sense, and I think that um, it's great that the governor is pushing for that, that they're looking for a good bill that can get to his desk. That's incredible. Well, that's great feedback, Autumn. Before we let you go, I want to see what you think about how Texas looks, if you will, to the rest of the country and the ability and the opportunity that Texas has, not just to lead for sake of leading, but to actually have an impact on the rest of the country. I mean, the way it appears to me is there are a lot of states that we know are also um, considering similar policy issues, considering similar legislation during their their legislative session. Our session ends at the end of May. We can't take this issue up legislatively, barring some emergency, and I think we're pretty much at that level, but barring something else where the governor says, I'm calling everybody back into session, and that just rarely happens. So barring something like that, we can expect... After the end of May, Texas is not going to be able to deal with this issue for another year and a half. Who knows where it'll be then? So I think there's no question we got to get something done now. But it does appear that other states are looking to see, well, what's Texas going to do? We're trying to do something. But if Texas gets something done, I think that could have a tremendous positive impact on other states. How do you see it from where you sit? No, Jonathan, I think that's exactly right. And, you know, the, the real tragic thing that I'm seeing from the national level is that stories come in every day across my desk from every every state um, where there's been some sort of violation of privacy or worse safety in a, a facility like a locker room or a shower or a bathroom where uh, people, especially women, expect to be protected. And there's been some sort of... Um, recording of them or some sort of sexual assault or some man who just decides that he he's going to declare that he's a woman so that he he can go in and watch women undress in areas like locker rooms and showers and we have to remember that with all of this going on people are impacted by this at a very real and a very personal personal and intimate level um, and so when we do have safety at stake we have privacy at stake um, that's that's the time for states to act. If nothing else, our government is supposed to protect our privacy and safety. We can disagree about so many other issues, but at a very basic level, that's what our government is there to do. And so I think, um, like you said, Texas, Texas does have the ability to lead here, uh, but it's not just leadership for the sake of leadership or moving ahead on an issue and being a, a trailblazer. It's leadership in doing the most basic and important thing that government can do and protecting its citizens' privacy and safety, especially kids. And I think that's something that we can all agree is worth leading on. You know, and and I think a lot about these things, too, personally. I I have a seven-year-old daughter, and, you know, she's at that age where she goes to the bathroom by herself. She has friends. I have, you know, other families that we're friendly with. And so, um, you know, 
and it's not just about me personally, but it does impact people's personal lives. And you think about the amount of people that travel to Texas as much as people tried to, you know, some have tried to make the point, oh, people are not going to come to Texas. What about the people that are going to come to Texas that are going to have concerns if they're not sure that those type of protections are in place? I think that's not heard a lot. And you're right. We've got a two page list of stories just in the state of Texas from the past five years, and most of those are from the past year or year and a half, um, where you've had incidents just the other day, I think it was this week or the end of last week, there were two public school employees that were arrested or they're being questioned amongst allegations of privacy violations, one of those being in a locker room in a public school. And so we're seeing these issues of, because there's a lot of talk right now in the state of Texas about um, addressing reforms because there are a lot of teachers and public school employees that are, are violating children that are involved in inappropriate or sexual contact with them. That has been a hot issue during our legislative session. And then we are starting to see that some of these violations are happening in bathrooms. So we're seeing some of these issues come together, and it is upsetting to see more of the incidents happen, or at least they're actually being reported. You know, maybe they were there before. They weren't getting as much attention. But we're seeing more and more evidence that we should be addressing this issue and addressing it now. Well, Autumn, we've uh, just really enjoyed having you on the show. We're thankful for your partnership uh, through Family Policy Alliance and the great work that Paul Weber and your entire team is doing. And we're not done, though. We may not have you on the show in the next couple of weeks. Who knows? But we're certainly going to need your support and help in the last uh, five or six weeks of our legislative session. Would you give our listeners your website information and, and just a little bit of detail about the organization before we close out? Absolutely. And thank you, Jonathan. We are praying for you all in Texas, and we are so thankful for the work of Texas Values and your team and praying for your legislators and governor to be able to lead and do the right thing on this issue. Uh, So for viewers who want to come visit Family Policy Alliance, it's www.familypolicyalliance.com. It's our main website. And we also have a website dedicated to this this privacy issue and the transgender issue in general. And that is www.askmefirstplease.com. That gives a platform for especially women and girls, to share their stories and their concerns about why this issue and why their voices are being ignored. Well, great. Autumn Leva has been our guest today, Family Policy Alliance Public Policy Director. Autumn, I look forward to hearing and uh, seeing you soon. Sounds great. Thanks, Jonathan. All right. God bless you. Well, that's great to have Autumn on. You know, boy, it is so wonderful to have people at the national level that can help when Texas gets a lot of attention nationally, and we do on our public policy issues. I was at this hearing on Wednesday night, which really turned into Thursday morning. I think that's right. Concluded at about 5 a.m. And boy, I tell you what, it was late, early. I walked, I think I got home about 5.30 in the morning. So, um, you know, and, and a lot of information at this hearing and testimony was on House Bill 2899. So this bill is... I don't want to say it's new. There's a new version of it. It was filed a long time ago, but it wasn't moving anywhere. And it appears to be kind of the House's version of how they want to deal with this privacy issue versus Senate Bill 6. And they are different. I mean, House Bill 2899 is one page long. Senate Bill 6 is like 12 or 13 pages. There's more detail in Senate Bill 6 about how these how the issue will be addressed, whereas House Bill 2899 does not get into detail about – Um, 
when it comes to a bathroom that the standard is you go into the one that relates to your birth certificate. It doesn't have any of that language. Okay, it just simply says that local municipalities and school districts cannot pass policies that relate to multi-use facilities on bathrooms and create new classes of a discrimination based on that issue. And that is important. I mean, there's value to that. And what that does is mean that when you, if you have a public school district like Fort Worth, it would have been nullified, right? They would not have been able to enforce it nor adopt anything like that in the future under 2899. Um, and as well, the city of Houston, their ordinance that related to bathroom issues and intimate facility issues, as it relates to that issue, that ordinance would not have been enforced. It, it was ended up being voted down by the, the voters. And one of the reasons this is important because, you know, that's been part of the issue is that you've got these school districts and cities that have been passing these things all over the place. And, and there's not been a whole lot of them, but enough that it's, you know, it becomes difficult to try to figure out um, how to address these issues on a city-by-city basis and to know about them ahead of time. If you think about how these issues were passed in Fort Worth and Dripping Springs and Houston, not a lot of notice to the people, all right? Not a lot of transparency, you know, hardly any, if you will. So that's something that I think we, we want to be mindful of. There is concerns about privacy and safety, but so much of that is because of the way the issue has been handled. You know, if these issues were just being debated on a school-by-school basis and the elected officials were actually listening to the people, they wouldn't be voting any of these into law. They wouldn't be changing any of these policies because there's usually such a dramatic backlash and concern when they come up that the people in the community express tremendous concern and support. They don't want them. But that's not what happened in Dripping Springs or Fort Worth. They did it without the public being involved. And so when the people did find out, they expressed tremendous concern. And the school districts were like, in Fort Worth, they're like, well, we've already voted on it. So we'll have a hearing, but we're not going to allow that to change our view on it or we're not going to re-vote on it. Uh, Now, thankfully, they did end up repealing it in Fort Worth. And Dripping Springs, they just have acted like they don't have a policy. Oh, we don't have a policy on this. Don't look over here. There's nothing going on. While we have students coming home telling their parents, Daddy, there's a boy in my bathroom today. That's how the parents were finding out about the issue. So we will see what happens on this issue. Only about five weeks left in the legislative session, though. Not a lot of time to get something done. So the clock is ticking on the Texas House. The Senate's done their work. Okay, a long time ago. (laughs) Okay, they sent Senate Bill 6 over to the House on March 16th, all right, that is 35 days ago, 36 days ago, all right, over a month ago, they sent this bill over, and it hasn't even moved out of committee yet. Now, granted, they did have a committee hearing this week, over a month after it was sent to the House. So, you know, if if you're concerned about the amount of time that's left, hey, that's on the Texas House and their leadership. Senate did their work. Okay, so it's up to House members to get something done on this issue. I think a lot of people are encouraged that the governor has now weighed in on this issue. I called it a game changer on my Facebook page. I don't think that's an exaggeration. Okay, the governor, when he says, I want this bill, I want a bill to come to my desk, I'm going to work to get a bill to my desk, that's a lot of help and that's a lot of influence. 
And that's a lot of negotiating power. All right. Now, I know the governor's working on other things, too, but he's, I think, indicated in one way or another, this issue is now a priority to him. We know he cared about it before, but now he's made a commitment specifically about getting legislation to his desk. And so I'm very encouraged by that. Now, we haven't heard Strauss say that. The Speaker of the House has not said that. If anything, he's indicated he still has concerns. But we'll see if he honors his standard line that, well, it's up to what members want. That remains to be seen. So, And, and my point on this is, you know, if this bill doesn't end up getting passed, it's not on the lieutenant governor. I mean, the, the, the Senate has done their work on this issue. So let's see what happens with the House. There's, there's opportunity to get something done. You can contact your elected officials if you have concerns about that. You can go to our website if you want more information, txvalues.org. You can make a tax-deductible donation. The work that we do to educate you on this issue, to, to be informed, txvalues.org, 501c3 organization. You can give today. So San Jacinto Day. All right, I got to talk a little bit about that because you just don't hear as much talk about it as, as used to, and I won't get into all that, whatever. It matters, though, okay? And so San Jacinto Day, April 21st, yesterday. So, and I like to talk about it because I'm from Houston. That's where the Battle of San Jacinto is. You got the Battleship Texas is on site there. If you've never been there, it's a great location, a lot of neat stuff there, a lot of history there, uh, a lot of great books. As a matter of fact, I think they're having their San Jacinto Day celebration this weekend, which I've never been to. My parents go almost every year, but I've lived in Austin primarily my adult life. And, you know, my boys, you know, we got a baseball game today. I mean, you know, weekends are active. Anyway, so remember, the Battle of San Jacinto was, I don't know, a month and a half after the Alamo. So, you know, you had all these people that were still trying to keep the forces together. And Sam Houston came up with this great strategy um, on the battlefield and how he pulled Santa Ana in and we were able to win victory in a very short amount of time. It was like 17, 18 minutes. The Battle of San Jacinto lasted not very long. And so it's very important because you got to remember Texas was a republic at that point. We were our own country before we became a state for the United States. So, you know, when you see the shirts and the bumper stickers that say it's it's like a whole other country, that has a historical reference, all right? We don't just, it's not just because we're big and we've got the 10th largest economy in the world. So the other thing I want to mention, little little history about me. So one of the people that's kind of a, a founding father, if you will, um, of the state of Texas who was on the Mexico side as far as politically and I guess geographically at one point, was Lorenzo de Zavala. Okay, there's actually a building in his name, the State Archives building that's on the grounds of the Capitol. And so he actually has the last name Signs as part of his name. You know, a lot of people from Mexico, they had more than just one last name. If that was their mother's maiden name, I forget how it ties to him. But so I was doing some study on some stuff related to Texas history a few years back when the State Board of Education was updating their standards. And I noticed, wow, look at that, Lorenzo de Zavala. So his, his full name is Manuel Lorenzo Justiniano, I'm going to say this wrong, Justiniano de Zavala y Sainz. Yeah. 
So there you go. So maybe I got a little bit of Texas history that goes all the way back to the founding of our country. Anyway, so if you have time to think about that, reflect upon the impact Texas has, all relates back to the Battle of San Jacinto. We are about out of time today. Would love to have you come back to the Texas Values Report. We're here every Saturday, 12 to 1230. Come to the Capitol and see us. Our office is just two blocks from the Capitol where you can find out more about the issues of faith, family, and freedom in Texas.